What is even up? It's your boy Credman here with my boy Heckenstein. Welcome to the Hypnotic Hootout. I always don't know what to do with my hands. Mm. I'm not sure if this is really doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. We'll see. We'll see. It, it will evolve into something, I'm sure. Sure. So how are we all doing? I'm doing excellent. Mm. How are you doing? Also very well, I think, most <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. That was very freeing. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I think it's going to be a very special episode. Is it? Yeah. And how so? We actually haven't talked the whole week. That's true. That's something. Then, yeah, we're both in relatively good spirits. Mm. It's very seldom. Uh, I don't have any pants on. Nothing new. So, it's gonna be upward from here, I guess. <clears throat> also, I forgot my list, so. Aha! Gonna be free balling it. Is that the right term? Probably not the right term. <laughs> probably the right term for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, I've been I've been doing great, uh, really. I mean, I've got my shot. The good stuff. Still not better cell phone reception, unfortunately. No magnetic powers either. But it's Biontech, so it's better. Mm. Nice. Mm. And thus, I have pretty much had a relaxed week didn't feel anything like didn't go on as you know on wednesday i wasn't here to um prevent getting sick here and then driving back uh Hope. quivering ah. like uh, some quiver shiver <laughs> the shivers Shivers, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but all was fine. Mm. Uh, I was a bit, you know, they told me I, don't, I can't, I shouldn't do any sports mm. thingy. And I had worked out the day before. I was kind of sore already and I still feel the arm as well. A little bit like here. From, I think because the, the soreness wasn't really ideal. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel any, any weaker. Um, so I just chilled at home, <laughs> doing nothing, uh, feeling good. Mm. Um, yeah, yesterday we installed a new tap in our kitchen. Ooh. Yeah, it was kind of kind of complicated. I'm pretty proud that we managed to do it mm. because the old one was so rusted shut that we couldn't get it off. Nice. So we had to like rip the the, the rubber out like laboriously and then like push it back so the at, at the top the little screw thingy was exposed and then like take a metal saw and saw, saw it off to get it free and now we've got like a pretty cool new non-rusty yeah it was kind of kind of weird because the old one is like like a metal thingy you know mm -hmm. just this basic 
um, tap, I guess, but um, it had a hole, not at, I mean, it had the normal tap hole at the front, but it had one like in the middle, tiny hole. I don't know how it's possible. It has to have like rusted through or something, but it's like a tiny hole that every time you, you put water in it, it sprays on your hand. <laughs> Just a tiny bit, but was annoying enough and it mm -hmm. didn't look good and it, especially like at the bottom uh, it was not quite um, <clears throat> dry anymore either so it was mm. really rusty and slimy and blah. now it's all new and I did it wow mm -hmm. like real household stuff mm -hmm. I mean I had help from my flatmate <laughs> but I did the sawing mm -hmm. Not bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also watched some movies, played some games, but I guess we've got to get to these. Yes. How about you? What was your week like? I mostly watched stuff. I mostly watched Entourage. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm running out of things to watch because either I need to wait to watch it with someone <laughs> <laughs> or I've, uh, I've just seen all the good stuff a thousand times. So it's, well, and also you're kind of unwilling to try new stuff. I am cases. unwilling to try stuff <clears throat> that doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't look excellent. Yes. I want excellent. Yeah. I want chill and excellent. Yeah. So yeah. But sadly, there's not enough of those, hmm. at least until the 23rd, oh. two weeks. When the new season of Ted Lasso mm -hmm. is released. I hope it's not just episode one, <laughs> but it probably will be. Well, let's hope it's a one and done thing. Yeah. And otherwise, I will wait. No way I'm watching it one week at a time. No? Never. I'm not even, I don't even see how you can watch that one week at a time. That's like a, it's a five hour movie. That's how you can watch it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. Have, have you ever watched it? Like not the whole season? No. Never. And I only watch it in four. How many times have you watched it? Like five times? I think only four. <laughs> only four. All right. <clears throat> yeah, it's an excellent season, um, series, yeah. and an excellent season. Let's hope the next season is as excellent as the first. Hmm. So yeah, so I was kind of running dry, um, and then I remembered Entourage because I saw that Dawson's Creek is on Netflix now, <laughs> and Dawson's Creek just... And I was like, do I do I want to give this a shot? I kind of... I, I did eventually watch the pilot. Okay. I did not watch any further. I might, but it's, it's already so terrible and I have no emotional connection to it. Hmm. Um, so... Try the OC instead. I mean, if you're at that level, <laughs> try the OC. <laughs> like, the first couple of seasons is, is, is really not bad. Is it cringy? No. No. It's not... I mean... It's been a while, <laughs> so no, yeah. I mean like uncomfortable in the that the situations that it's always conflict and it's always uncomfortable conflict. And... Oh, okay. Um, hmm. I think it's a bit like that, yeah. But it's 
it's only getting really bad after season three and you don't need to okay. watch that because like Marissa always gets into like trouble and you're so annoyed with her that at a certain point you're <laughs> saying like you get you got it all you're rich you've got good friends like you are making new problems just for this Mm. series to survive and then they killed her off <laughs> then, yeah the, the series got better apparently but yeah who wants to watch that then she's kind of central we might give it a shot um it's kind of nice i think you might like it quite a bit it's possible i mean i imagine it to it's a soapy isn't it mm-hmm. yeah but it's not that soapy it's not soapier than the the other stuff you regularly watch <laughs> um, I mean I did I did like Jane the Virgin I mean that's a very self uh, self-aware soapy but uh, mm. and in Germany we have the series Doctor's Diary and that's also full on soapy and so I imagine it would be something like that I don't think it's that, that soapy it's 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 quite it's quite got a quite comedy vibe as well I mean have you watched like Gilmore Girls and stuff like that. That's that's the thing. Um, Dawson's Creek is like Gilmore Girls. Yeah, yeah. I have it's no attachment to it. It's something that a lot of you know female friends of mine back in the day were crazy over, and I just don't see it. it it's it's. <laughs> I think it's a matter of the time. Like back in the day, that was completely unique. Like mm. like you have never seen anything like that on TV. Like good Fair music. Enough young characters like very good looking of course mm. uh, but like at a level i think that was kind of because i don't know like most movies you've got like old dudes and then, sure, then yeah, this, this young people thing started and then yeah yeah i'm maybe i don't know would i have liked this probably not but i mean i watched both uh i think gilmore girls is more okay than Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek was. I mean, it's so it's it's a mess. Where you just watched the pilot, right? No, I watched the whole thing. What? <laughs> no, not now, but. Uh, what you watch? Oh, okay. Back so in you... the day, that's why I'm thinking of it because back then my my girlfriend at the time wanted to watch it, and I wanted to show her Entourage, and that's why I thought of it mm, mm. because then we watched one episode. Uh-huh. Uh You know. Nice. Turn-based. How, how, many did, how many did you watch on a day? Like, do you really switch back and forth on a single I day? I mean, eventually I would just finish the rest on my own. Um, like, I I watched most of Dawson's Creek by myself because obviously, uh, I mean, she was studying in a dis- different city, so mm. I don't know if we would have gotten through a lot of that. <laughs> um, I did sit through it. I, I, I remember being mildly entertained sometimes. Mostly yeah. just deeply cringing because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. also uncomfortable, like, for that the actors have to do that. And it's oh, like, God. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get the appeal of that, to be honest. It's, this, it's, this it's messy. Real. These, you know, uncomfortable problems that are always, like, self um, inflicted. It could be solved with just talking. Yes, exactly that type of thing. And it, that I, I can't stand. It's like horrible. And yeah, the Aussie's got got a bunch of that as well, <laughs> of course. But not all, not not 
not just that and it's got like good reasons for the people to not talk to each other like uh, mm. you know it's acceptable if if there's a, an honest reason why you can't just tell someone the truth um yeah but many many movies many many series they think they, they can't managed to do that and i hate it <laughs> i hate it with a passion it's like one of the things yeah. that really ruins uh, something for me is if i don't don't get why they're not talking and uh, you know i'm like getting vocal watching it <laughs> talk to him what are you doing <laughs> no that's yeah, the laziest way to create conflict yeah it is um so yeah uh so I saw that and I thought, nah. And then I thought of Entourage and I decided to watch it. I expected to hate it. But I fucking love it. Damn it. God, I love it. And it's so... <laughs> it's bad, right? I it think. is bad. And oh God, is it bad. Like, oh God, yeah, it's, I know. It's, it's crazy homophobic. <laughs> and there's like even an actual... like I think that this transphobic episode exists as a hate crime. There's God. there is there are, there is some stuff in there that's just that's just you know absolutely one hundred percent not okay. The whole thing is built on such a bullshit <laughs> fantasy. Yeah, it's that machismo and like how cool stars are and all that shit. And it's very, I mean, it reeks of Mark Wahlberg because I feel like he's like exactly that. You know, also how he acts he... as himself in that. Ah. He's I mean, involved. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Produced it's, by him? No. it's produced by him. It's partially inspired by or by his life and stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, it's a it's based on the experiences of the creator Doug Allen and um, okay. Mark Wahlberg. So it's and the storylines are also the things that we know about. You know, there's um, the whole. The movie that they make, Medellin, that then flops. Hmm. You know, they had a brilliant movie, then it, then a huge anticipated flop. That's basically what happened to the Donnie Darko guy, who did Southland Tales after, which was a huge, massive flop of a movie. Southland we have never watched it. We have it on our list. Yeah. I have seen it. It's I kind of like it, but that's also a reason why I'm hesitant to watch it because it's it's tedious. And oh, all right. It's it's like a Terry Gilliam movie you know hmm. you're kind of glad that you've seen it but it's kind of a slog to get through but yeah so that basically happened that he was booed out of Cannes and so that's what happens to them and God. there's a bunch of these things that you pick up with the current problem of the of the season it is you know there's also this thing where that director Billy oh hey man is here and hey Bobby oh yes hello no bad. Um, where was I? I was somewhere with movies. Yes, right. That Billy Walsh, the guy who, the crazy director, worked on both of these movies. Mm -hmm. He gets hired to adapt a book, but he produces a completely different script, if you remember that. <laughs> and that's what happened with Adaptation, Charlie Kaufman. Oh, okay. So that's basically what they do. They're kind of retelling Hollywood stories. Oh. In these things that are vaguely based on people that they know or stuff that happened to them themselves. And then, of course, you know, fantasy. Yeah. And it's... It's so glossy and... And it's pure fantasy. <laughs> but that's also the part that I like. Like, the characters, yeah. I, I'm not sure 
I like them because they're shitty, toxic people. They're all. But I'm still like. Total, except Turtle, I think he was. Turtle is the very worst. Oh, okay. He's so rapey. It's so uncomfortable. Oh, it gets better over the season, shit. but he's absolutely the worst. He's always <laughs> trying to coerce uh, women and all kinds of. It's so weird and creepy, and he fully does that, but I'm the nice guy thing. That's why I, I remember him. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, that's the reason I don't, I don't want to watch it again because I I do feel guilty enough for having so much joy for <laughs> watching it back then. Even then, knowing that it's bullshit, you know. You, even then, we knew that it's like complete fantasy. We didn't know like how deeply offensive not. it is because as white guys, you know, we were offended by. And that is especially something that I felt with the homophobia because so much happens all the time where that's like even like literal plot points that the script is too gay and things like that. Mm. And, you know, watching it now and it's, it's, I feel like I am gaining like a different kind of understanding gaining. for how, hmm. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> for how. Just how I don't even know what to call it, but how huge of a problem, like, and why it's such a huge problem, like this hateful point of view that is so casually. There's something about that where that's so. I'm lacking the words, but there is. I'm, obviously, I'm only seeing this now because back then I did not. I thought that was just it, making jokes. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like vicious because it's so casual. But that's what makes it even more problematic. That it's yeah. such a such a nonchalant, like such a normalizing way to include homophobia in just the, the manner you speak and the, the things. Yeah, you also make just fun how of. that must be like to hear that mm. this kind of hatred, this disdain for just who you are, like that sort of thing. Yeah, and how how really destructive and. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to look at, but I think it works for me anyway, because it's not really about the characters. It's not deep at all. Hmm. It's not about character development or anything. It's purely lifestyle porn, and that works yeah, so well true. because that's exactly what I wish for. You know, have that easy going of a life. Everything yeah. always works out. Sure, the stakes are high in a way, but in a very low risk way. Yeah, you keep your house, you know, <laughs> and your cars. So and maybe maybe you, you want will. to make this money. You want to have a career, but really, but also you know it's gonna work out because yeah, they're just so good and so so good at gaming the system and whatever. And it's like this pure fantasy, and at that it's so good. <laughs> And so I love it despite all the horrors of... <laughs> hmm. oh, yes, my wife is having a choppy connection. Well, that old struggle. But yeah, so, and I mean, I think in the end it kind of, you know, loses quality, if you can say that. <laughs> yeah. um, the seventh season, I think, is a huge misstep. Because that's basically a serious season where... I don't know if you watched the last two. I'm not sure. I know that at some point... I think I, I, I watched everything, yeah. At some point he but gets addicted to drugs, to painkillers. 
because he had an accident while doing a stunt yeah, that he was talked yeah. into. And then he dates a porn star. Yeah. And he becomes super... He's an addict, a full addict. Mm. He becomes controlling and um, just unpleasant. And they're mm. trying to have an intervention. He's just fully, you know... Based on true Mark Wahlberg. No, not Mark Wahlberg, I don't think. What? I mean, he went to prison when he was young because he beat an Asian security guard blind, I think. I think he beat him so hard that he's blind in one eye or something like that. Um, he basically he turned his life around with music and then acting and stuff. So that's basically the Mark Wahlberg story. <laughs> it's great that uh, some people get a second chance, huh? Yeah, and such a second chance. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... But I mean, that's that's like a typical thing, right? People get rich, they get too too rich too quick, they don't take responsibility, feel too powerful, nothing can harm them, they can do what they want. They're still yeah. not happy because obviously everything's broken and the stress and stuff and yeah, drugs. And... Yeah. They don't get to learn how to be happy or how mm. to be reasonable or... And I think it's, it's really a bad um, like, uh, scene to, to, to grow and to kind of learn stuff because like everybody's yeah it's such a toxic like place i think the whole hollywood and whatever yeah, from for sure. scene stuff um aren't we lucky <laughs> but yeah so i think with that they really like went in the wrong direction because the only appeal of entourage is the easygoing yeah yeah sure the stakes are high if you get to pursue your dream or not but that's really like low and it's mostly it's about them all being together but in season seven everybody's doing their own thing yeah, and true. then this guy's crashing and the whole season is just unpleasant and season eight is just rushed yeah everything back right and then something with the plane and stuff i remember <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. suddenly Vince wants to get married because he meets a journalist who doesn't like his charm or something. It's it's super. It wraps up in such a fast tracked and dumb way. And then I, but I still liked it enough that I watched the movie right behind it, and mm -hmm. it's like actually just another episode to yeah. kind of wrap everything up. And yeah, it's not very good, but I love it. Yeah, it's a it's a really guilty pleasure. Oh, for sure. And I felt way too guilty to, <laughs> to try since uh, yeah, forever. But maybe. But also in a way, like the, well, that's what I've been thinking about, what I think was especially the focus in the movie. Rich people, like these super rich people. That's such a, that's such a different kind of sphere like a different mm. kind of world and i find that both so interesting insane and terrifying that that exists people with that much power who live in a completely different like there's completely different rules that exist there and it's just a handful of people who are that rich and that powerful yeah and it's such a it's like an eldritch force like it's it's terrifying and unknowable and just ridiculous. Hmm. I am not really afraid. Maybe I should be, but do you feel like is it like a like a kingpin situation where you're like I don't know I I personally 
for me, it sounded like if you say an eldritch force, like you're afraid, like, like you would be f from like a, a gangster who controls everything, and you know you can't go to the police, you can't do anything if this person, you know, wants you dead or suffering. There's nothing you can do against. Yeah, that, but times a billion. <laughs> That's how much more powerful they are. I guess they are. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's also the thing that I really like um, that makes me uncomfortable in South Africa. Those, um, like a friend of mine used to live in in one of these security estates, mm -hmm. and it's such a that's such a weird experience as you you get through a gate to get in an area of gated communities. Mm. So it's not just a gated community; it's like a community of gated, a gated community of gated communities, yeah. and and you know, then when they go to work, you know, they drive out of a couple of gates to get into work. They drive through some gates to go shopping. They drive through some gates to get onto that mall area, and all that stuff. And it's like you're basically like these 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 islands of security and in different worlds that you just kind of jump hmm. across from and live in a completely different world than the people around you. For sure. And that already makes me so like, Ugh. and it's also weird because being there, it's like you're in a concentration camp because like literally everything has these, these brick walls with the diagonal um, mm. barbed wire, electric, all kinds of things. Basically, like you're, you're walking to, like through a high security prison, basically, hmm. and it's it's very strange. And I guess that's the thing. Just you know, the very, very whole world version of that. Yeah, it's like a piece of perfect world they built for themselves. Um, I remember, like your, well, I, I think I can use one. Your parents uh, had one a, ro uh, um, a room there as well when they were visiting, right? And there was like palm trees around, and there was a tortoise, 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 tortoise uh, walking around, like a big one, like a big old one, and it felt you felt so safe and secure, and yeah, outside, uh, kind of the opposite. <laughs> I haven't seen any animals, maybe like some rabbit dogs or something, and you know, no trees, everything's brown and dirty, and I don't know, I did not feel secure at all. Yeah, it's uh, it's a real crazy contrast, hmm. just this, these two worlds, it's like multiple, like as you said, it's like islands in South Africa that they yeah, just um, inhabited inhabit. Yeah. Yeah, and I think rich people's the same. They have their huge mansions. Hmm. That's just well, in America they have the, these communities, the gated communities too, right? Yeah, sure. In Germany we don't have that really. I don't think I don't, I don't know. think we have gated. Do we have gated communities? I know we have like rich people, um, like areas where you you know like you're yeah, yeah. driving through and you you see like oh it's a 
it's a huge garden and there's a palace at the other side. Um, yeah, what what is that called? Settlements? Are we calling that Siedlung, basically? Mm. There's, a, there's a couple where just wealthier people live because you have to be able to afford a house. And then you probably have to afford that kind of house and very different classes of it, but I don't think I've seen yeah. an actual... But maybe it exists. That we haven't seen it. <laughs> it's not really proof that it doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, it's kind of made for that people like us can't see it. So yeah, I know there's something weird, weird and uncomfortable about just that excess of power. I'm thinking particularly about the the guy who finances everything in the movie, Billy mm. Bob Thornton whose son like is annoying them mm. because he's jealous and he just lives on his like ranch or okay, something yeah, and has like billions and shit. Now I get the the uh the fear. <laughs> and then he because controls all these millionaires. The other the other rich people, you know, they they don't feel threatening, but this dude, yeah. You know, he 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 knows he has like this huge power and he owns everything. He's not afraid to use it. Like he's a billionaire. Mm. That means he controls all the millionaires in that room who are already mm. like above most people. Mm. And then you have only a handful of those. You know, like the top ten richest people. It's a different different class of being yeah. completely. And it's so weird. <laughs> I mean yeah, I, I know so I know like two rich people. Mm. Um but they're not at that level. Mm. But they are like are we gonna uh, save up <laughs> for a house? Yeah, you need like eight hundred thousand. It's not too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> all right. Sorry, I can't follow this uh, discussion anymore. <laughs> it's not really my world. And yeah, it's, yeah, we have like kind of different classes. It's. It's not really to the benefit of most people. Yep. But yeah, um, so that's how I spent my my week getting into that dreaming of a life in which I can just do what I want rather than having to yeah. do this. <laughs> um, I guess it's a kind of a segue to a movie I watched. Uh, it's on Netflix called Wish Dragon. Wish Dragon. Have you heard of that? No. I mean, you kind of forgot, obviously, because... No. Uh, I think I told you. Um, that is kind of a Chinese version of... Um, Aladdin. So um, it's not like like a retelling of the story. It's more that like the same story principle is there. It, it's uh, it plays in modern times and in China in a city um, and follows like two children, a girl and a boy, mm-hmm. who like are really good friends and they are 
uh, yeah, they're, they're both like weird and don't have any other friends. And then they are like, have this perfect friendship. And then she has to move to the city. Like they are in the suburbs, kind of low income. And her dad works all the time and she has to um, go with the dad to the city. And so they, their friendship breaks off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he does like... He kind of wants the friendship to to stay. He he does like he does university, but he doesn't have enough money, f- so he works uh, at the side on the side. And she, you don't really get to see a lot of her, but she's uh, in in the beginning. Um, but she's like, she's a model now, and his dad is like uh, head of a big company. They've got like huge money and you know in China they have also like a huge wealth gap. You have the super rich people and uh, lower class basically. Hmm. And yeah, and he gets uh, yeah a magic teapot with a dragon and the dragon uh, gives him three wishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really funny. I mean, um, the jokes are really good. Uh, like the the, the the comedy as well. I mean, you can see that it was made for a Chinese uh, audience. Yeah. Because some of the, like, I think a lot of the jokes are really specific for the culture. Like, there's a lot of, like, cultural humor. Like, the, like he has to have good grades or else, like, his mother hits him. And, like, the neighbors are all, like, very no- nosy and they always want to hear what's going on there. And so it's all, like almost like a little family there and um yeah i quite like that um however so when the movie starts uh it starts with the tencent logo and when i see the tencent logo uh, i always get a bit you know i get like a bad feeling in my stomach and I think partly that's just racism, because I don't get that when I see Disney mm. or Sony or you know whatever else like Warner. This, these are all the like, huge companies, mm. Microsoft, uh, whatever. You know that that have way too much money. Um, though, while like the Western companies, they have way too much influence on the government. Mm-hmm. the governments with Tencent it's the other way around where the government has a lot of influence on the company and where it's kind of weird you know I always have this feeling with Tencent movies that they have like this weird propaganda um, you know it's not, not obvious but like almost subconscious like I remember the Monster Hunter movie was also Tencent, mm. where they have like a huge American um, American plane thing, like this ultra huge where you have like you can drive with trucks in, and then like a dragon comes and grabs the wings and rips them off. And it felt like it's um, yeah, it's kind of mocking the U.S. a little bit <laughs> in the U.S. Army. <laughs> Definitely felt like that, and uh, like the the soldiers were all um, really um, 
unhappy with being in, in the military and stuff like that. Um, so in this one, uh, it's nothing military, there's no mocking of the US at all. But I mean, it's on the one hand, it's very conscious of the, the gap. But for me, it felt like the moral of the story is don't wish to have it better because friends are the true wealth. And it's very, very... Mm, Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, it's worse. It's very heavy-handed with, with that. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but... So in, in Wish Dragon, you basically, he's very hesitant to wish for anything. He's really like, he knows what he wants. He's doing his best. He's, he feel, feels like confident. His mm -hmm. first wish is by accident. And it's, it's, it's so great how it turns out. <laughs> and then like the, the dragon is always like pushing him to wish for gold. Until like in the end, yeah, you know, he, he's like on the verge of doing it and then He's like, ah, are you sure you really want to do that? And the whole movie is about that, that because he wants to meet his friend. And, and he just thinks like, if, if I get like in her world, because he can't, as a poor person, he can't get in there. He can't get in on her birthday because there's always security around. So he has to be like pretending to be rich, like Aladdin style to get in there but but he thinks like she will understand what everybody else tells him or i mean mostly that the dragon tells him that um yeah she won't really believe he won't she won't like be his friend if he isn't rich as well but in the end of course as you can imagine like that's not a spoiler of course they you know uh, the wealth gap isn't the problem there but it goes, I think it goes like a step farther and, and really underlines this, uh, you don't need any money. <laughs> You've got friendship and that's why you shouldn't wish for money. And that felt really awful in the end. Like the whole movie up to that point is feels really great, like a really imaginative new version of Aladdin basically, but really with um, lots of Asian culture, which I found, find fascinating. That's what I liked about uh, Raya and the Last Dragon the most. Like this, this richness of culture that is unfamiliar with me, for me. And that's what we, we got there too. Yeah, but in the end, you know, especially with the Tencent uh, behind that, uh, that felt really weird and left like a bad taste in my <laughs> mouth. Still would recommend the movie, I think. I think because it's really funny. Like interesting, like cool character. Felt like a like a Pixar movie almost. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I've also watched something like that. I watched Paddington. Mm-hmm. Nice, and? And? Don't let me down here. No, no, they're very good. I would say... Both? Hmm? Have you watched both? Yes. Oh, I've watched the second one as well. No. Um, well, the first one, I feel like... I don't know why you would watch it as an adult, but mm. it's very good. Mm. 
It's a very good children's movie. Yeah. It's also very, very much a children's movie. It is, yeah. The second one is just a brilliant movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect movie, right? It's like, you know, what it wants to be and it does everything right. Yeah. Especially, like, like I don't, don't want to spoil anything, but the Chekhov's gun, you know what I'm talking about? That in the in very in the very beginning you don't know that it is, that it is. and it's kind of a joke, and it's gonna it's it's shown again, and then in the end it's like important. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure what you're talking about. The coin. Oh right, I see. And I felt like that's too you're too good, <laughs> too good at that. <laughs> like everything is set up. Yes. You know nothing comes at in the end. Like everything they showed you before yeah. plays a role. And it's like, comes together in this perfect storm. Ah, what a great movie. Yeah, I was mostly put off by that because I knew about the whole prison thing. And I was like, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but it, it works really, really well. <laughs> it does, the whole right? thing is really, it's just a brilliant movie. It's so, it's so lovely. Mm. So lovely. Lovely, silly, funny, perfect movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think... They like with the first movie you had like a lot of these um, movie references that you didn't have with the second one. I mean, you still had a, a few, but not as yeah, like not as obvious. And I think the first movie they knew this is a kids movie, and we need, let's put something in for the parents as well, so they have fun. And the second, they were so confident, having like. Seeing the the how well received the first one was that they didn't need these that they were just like let's let's well, do our thing. I feel like they're doing kind of the same thing. Like you have repeating images, if you will. You have, yeah. Um, but now there's. I mean, this this is more like a reference to the the first movie, right? It's not a yeah. It's just basically doing the same. I mean, there's something kind of Mission Impossible in the first one. They do another version kind of that of. in the second. It's very Mission Impossible. They even <laughs> played a Mission Impossible theme. Um, yeah, and and they have that same thing, just in a different kind of way in the second one also. Yeah, and things like that. Well, it's it's all welcome, welcome callbacks. Oh, so many good callbacks. I love like the introduction of all the characters again and in the very beginning. Mm. Then just they all play a role and they're just like coming together and oh, it's so lovely. I, I had it so many tears in my eyes. The first one had me two tears. Second one I was probably crying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, such a good movie. Yep, very much is. And yeah, and then I just watched watched a bunch of Miss Marple. <laughs> <laughs> There's like four movies with with the only Miss Marple that I accept, uh, Margaret Rutherford. Oh yeah, different Miss Marples. They have men made many adaptations. Oh, I didn't know that. But but you also mean like the kind of short, yeah, sturdy the, one. That's the one I have in mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> short, sturdy. In her seventies, kind of looks like the Queen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's Margaret Rutherford, and she has made four movies. I am just now in halfway through the fourth, and they're all very excellent. I'm mm. enjoying them a lot. 
great that they they have her like as an I mean it's almost like prog it's progressive right it's a pretty progressive thing to have like this old character it's a woman she's really old like in most movies she doesn't she shouldn't be a <laughs> She shouldn't really have to say anything, you know. She, but she's like the active role in these. She mm. drives the whole thing. I don't know. I haven't really watched a lot of that, but I mean, I, I remember like feeling really surprised by um, Grace and Jackie, Jackie and Grace. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, whatever. Um, that Grace you, and Frankie. Grace and Frankie, right? That you have like a proper sitcom centered around like two old women and their old husbands or mostly the women and yeah that, that feels like so refreshing and new but it's not that refreshing and i find uh, it's not that it's refreshing because there still isn't much of that but it's not new yeah and i've in recent weeks i felt like um i'm I felt like we are giving ourselves sometimes too much credit for the progressiveness <laughs> yeah. we have achieved now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love doing that for like, just for the reason to say like, it's getting better. See what mm -hmm. we, and again, yeah, we have done a lot of progress, but it's, and uh, it's not like how many people like to say that, like, that was a different time back then. Nobody knew that like racism <laughs> is bad. It's just, you know, he's, he's from the different times where racism was okay, so he can't stop doing that now. So mm -hmm. leave him be. It's not the case. Like, I think, um, obviously, there, there wasn't such a wealth on, of, like, wholesome, good, <laughs> non-racist stuff, non-sexist stuff in movies back then. But it's not that, like, the people weren't there already. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, people already knew. Of course, people already knew that. Racism, sexism is bad. I mean, you just have to listen to people to realize that. And yeah, it's just a system that didn't allow really these movies and series to be made. And now we've, you know, we've, we've kind of a little bit of progress. Maybe it's not progress, but just like we, we see that and we pick it out and we like it. I mean, I guess we have progress now more or it's more progressive now because, um, it's more of a social topic now and like companies um, hop onto that train, you know, and try to, you know, put their rainbow flags everywhere yeah. to sell more products. It's not like really progressive, but it shows me that there has been a change somewhat rambling along <laughs> well I think there has been a change but I also think it hasn't been big at all I think it has been very very um, performative because I think all these things are very performative you know I I know what you mean about this is the 60s and there's a series centered around an old woman who outsmarts everyone and she's the lead. Um, exactly. But she's the exception to the rule that proves it, basically. You know, she's... Because Agatha Christie was a... 
Harry Potter, you know, like um, J.K. Rowling, like successful author in Britain. Of course, they're gonna make her books into movies. I mean, they also did her. I think they did a lot more Hercule Poirot movies. <laughs> at least I know many more of those. At least I haven't ever watched them because I'm a diehard Miss Marple fan. But uh, I don't accept no. I mean, I've watched the uh, Kevin Brenner. Uh, Orient Murder on the Orient Express yeah. and I do like it mm. I do like that kind of mm-hmm. thing um, I think he does it very interestingly it's kind of a it's <clears throat> kind of a neurodiverse character which I think works well have you seen Quirky right the neurodiverse I think it's yes. very 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 very, very heavily implied in the text that he has autism of some yeah. sort. Yeah, that's true. He like he literally can't cope with the disorder of things. That's why he's so yeah, good that's at right. that. That's, I think that's the angle that they're taking in there. Mm. Um, which is also nice because that's a that's a positive portrayal of an autistic person without all the. The usual, oh my god, isn't that so sad thing that comes with that? <laughs> oh god, yeah, but. But it does give him the. the his genius in remembering thing treatment, which is a stereotype as well. I guess it's a positive one, but still. It's at least an interesting angle on the character. Hmm. I mean, it's almost. Yeah, I mean, he is kind of a superhero in a way. Uh, hmm. that, that Sherlock Holmes type. Wait, didn't, wasn't it also the Watchman guy's thing that he was so super smart that he decided to kill everyone? <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> In any way. Um, but Miss Marple, yes, so, so that's the only character of that sort. It's not like suddenly all the things are like that. Oh, okay. And then so we have, and, and I mean, we grew up with Pippi Langstrumpf. Yeah. Also a girl who was allowed to be stirring shit, but only Pippi Langstrumpf. Well, yeah, sure, yeah, but I always believed that Pippi had like a huge influence on on the German punk scene, like especially like women punks who were like, yeah, I'm gonna be like Pippi Langstrom. Fuck the. Yeah, no, I mean these things system. they do good, regardless. Yeah. I mean it's also the the difficult relationship I have to Kim's convenience because it's still, even though I think it's kind of shit, hmm. it's still objectively better than none. Yeah, and it does a lot of good in many ways. You just then wish it would be better, but the yeah. thing is, just it's not like suddenly because Pippi Langstrumpf was a success, suddenly women were allowed to lead roles or that it changed anything in a significant way. Mm. Other than, see, here's that one example. You know, like when you talk about sexism in games, and everybody's always like, Metroid, that was a game once. Well, Point proven. These are the people who <laughs> completely forget, forgot, like that. Uh, I'm sure there was a backlash when, uh, when they found out that, that she's supposed to be a woman. Probably. I mean, one hopes that the culture wasn't at that point back then. <laughs> Probably just not connected enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe the again, like for me, it often comes down to. The change is probably just that we now have with the internet this connection mm. that at one point, like all the minorities can come together and 
say like, wait a minute, we are all treated, being treated badly. There's something wrong here with the system. But also like all the bigots get together and um, this is so right. Yeah, fight, fight back against this progressive change. I mean, there has been like last weeks has been a lot of that stuff again, like with these right-wing pundits, like these mm. YouTube personalities. And I kind of hate and love like watching like the bread tubers get, um, get a rise out of them. I don't know if you've seen the Sam Cedar debates. Um, who was that? Maybe, did I talk about that? I didn't talk about that. Right? You talked about Ken, Ken Jebsen. Oh, Ken Jebsen, yeah, it's also great, but it's something different. Um, no, um, so I forgot the right-wing pundit's name, mm-hmm. but he's he's like a weirdo. He's got this, he's the uh, debate me guy, uh-huh. where there's this meme where he sits there and on a table and there's like, debate me. Uh, what's his? Did you say his name or ask no, him his name? I don't, Stephen Crowder. Stephen Crowder, right, yeah. right, yeah. So he he uh, wanted to debate um, the H three H three guy, who's called what's his name again? But H three H three, you know the the podcast. Oh yes. Uh, I'm, I know, like, yeah. kind of brown, sort of, yeah, short yeah. curly hair, sort of, not yeah. curly curly. And really weird, weird dude. Like, yeah, really I don't weird. like watching that. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. <laughs> and they, they've got their own problems, for sure. But I think his heart is in the right place for most of the, for most of it. But, yeah, it's kind of Joe Rogan ascendant. Mm. Yeah. In any case, um, so Stephen Crowder wanted to debate him. Yeah. Uh, about uh, because he said in his show in the H three H three he said that you know just listen to the WHO just if they say you should get a vaccine just do it you know you don't have to think too hard about that if they say it's good you can you can do it you don't have to like it's all right and then he wanted to debate him on that if it's okay if you should be skeptical of, <laughs> of the vaccine and stuff. Um, so he's a debater, but he said, yeah, okay, we can do that. And Sam Cedar, on the other hand, uh, he hosts uh, like a BreadTube news show called called something. Mm. I don't watch him either, but he's, he's a really good, cool guy. I just, I just don't happen to watch him too much. Um, and, he, and he wanted to debate um, Sam Cedar. Uh, 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 wanted to debate Stephen Crowder at some point at some festival and Stephen Crowder um, you know he uh, said no he's not gonna do that and uh, the people working at the festival told him on the whatever that was told him that he he kind of got cold feet that's why they called him cold feet Crowder <laughs> and so uh, yeah so the H3A3 guy uh, said yeah to the um to the debate <laughs> and then um, Sam Cedar um, has a live show at the same time so they um, they they did um, they did a recording to play instead of the live show so 
Um, Stephen Crowder doesn't believe that that Sam Cedar is available at that point, and he Sam Cedar was like, ah, that's that's bullshit. I don't think he's that paranoid about it. <laughs> and then they, yeah, then then they, uh, yeah, Stephen Crowder appeared. Was like he began his thing, and the H three guy was like. I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not a debater, but I prepared, and then he switches over to Sam Cedar, and Stephen Crowder just loses it. <laughs> he's not, he, he's not able to really discuss anything with him. He gets really nervous, like really weird, and he changes the camera angle to his uh, co-host, who wasn't even at that uh, position, who just had to walk in there, uh, so he, uh, he can, I don't know, collect himself or whatever, and then they just shout a little bit for like ten minutes. And then uh, disconnect. And yeah, so Coldfield Crowder strikes again. And yeah, Sam Cedar made a couple of good, really good videos about that. It's really fun to watch if you're like me, I don't know, <laughs> enjoy that sort of thing. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, I think like again, internet connection. That's that's the difference we've got now. Like people were as progressive as we are now. It's just that now it's easier to kind of give people the information what to look out for and how to um, progress yeah. yeah ah well so what have you been playing I feel like you said you played something yeah so I've uh, continued playing um Mutant Year Zero, mm. still having lots of fun. Kind of, again, like a little regret with the skills, <laughs> but I would have had to redo what I already redone, plus a little bit more to switch that skill. Um, and yeah, ultimately, I'm not happy with the way the skills work there. It's really not, I mean, they are not good explained, and then you've got like this weird system where you've got like three slots mm. and you know each I don't know, do you wanna open that? Open it. So we can have a look at the skills. Oh did we do that last time? I don't remember. I guess we can look at it. But yeah. also hello Friedrich. Oh yeah. Hey hey. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's have a look at uh, the game. Uh, so again, Mutant Year Zero is turn-based, post-apocalyptic, uh, squad-based um, role-playing game, though it's, it's kind of light on the role-playing. It's centered around the combat, basically. Yeah, you're never really that, that uh, focused on something. Yeah, that's, that's how you... <laughs> see most of it. So you see in the upper left corner you've got like your characters. Um, which I think looks a bit different. I don't know what these these at the top are. Must be so the console version or something. Hmm. In any case, so you've got like your boar, your um, duck and your woman. <laughs> <laughs> She got horns. You can you just can't see it on the portrait. <laughs> they all mutants have like special um, stuff. You can like walk. Every character has got two actions. He, she can it's walk and then shoot. You can like if you shoot, that's your whole turn. 
but you can walk and then shoot or walk and throw a grenade for example um i don't know what okay that's a bit weird i don't know that um it looks like a a, a preview the game looks a bit different now i don't think it's the right one but um if you if you search for um skills my skill tree or maybe just ducks uh, like duck and s and skills <laughs> zero skills zero skills. <laughs> yeah, that works <laughs> this? so yeah if you can make this big Oh, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> yeah. So what you got there, if you look there very closely, you can see in the mutations you've got rectangles, what's that, hex, hex grid and a circle. Yeah. And these are the three um, so you've got, you can have three things active. The circles are always passive. The um, rectangles and the hex thingies are always active. So, for example, this yeah, it's not yeah, and and the stats boosters on the on the right side are also passive, but I haven't reskilled really anything there. But if you see, like the next you can uh, activate is the these wings that allow you to fly somewhere. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So now you have like the first one that's a um, it's a boost. So you always do critical damage if you shoot. You can use that, and if you use that, you need to kill I think two or three uh, guys to enable that again. So you can't do it all the time. The same with the wings and then you've got like two different ways to go the right one is a passive that gives you a 25 percent uh, range increase but the left one is again an active ability that allows you to disable uh, electrical enemies there are some bots there and then both of them come together uh, in the middle to give you i think a 50 percent critical chance increase if you shoot from high ground out so i've taken the range increase but now i realized that the other one in the middle is better so i've got that now so the range increase doesn't really help me if i had taken instead the disable thingy i could change it up because if you're um, shooting thingy is used up and you need three kills to enable it again you can switch it up with an, a different skill for but you have to go in in the inventory and change the skill i'm not even sure if they regenerate if you don't have them active so maybe i'm i'm wrong but i think that would give me more um possibilities hmm. But like going back to change that is a bit much and using now six points to have the possibility is kind of weird too because I, I'd rather like invest them in the stat boosts on the right. So yeah, uh, feels kind of bad.
I mean, I don't, mm. I don't really like that that method of using like. It's really weird because yeah, it takes a while until you get like your your passive the the circles, huh. and until you've skilled something like that, you can't use the slot for that, so you're weaker. So when I was at the point where I took the range increase, that was a good choice for the time. But now that I've get got the next one, it's kind of you know it replaces the other one. So it doesn't feel like I've it's it increased my I guess my space, my design space, mm -hmm. but it didn't like give me something additional. It just gave me something I can use or maybe not depending mm -hmm. on what I like. So I don't know, it doesn't give me the the same feeling I have like in other role-playing games where I can um, you know each upgrade gives you something new you know without taking something away from you so it's really it's a curious choice choice to do it like that I mean of course it's kind of fun uh, to think through the different builds you can do with yeah. this that is fun but I don't know <laughs> it's it's a weird restriction I don't, I don't really get it why, why that's hmm. why I should do it. But yeah, there, there's ducks like the character. I, I really like that they are like so imaginative. It's not just like gritty guys like in most um, post-apocalyptic games, but it's a duck. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so on the second game, so I play that when I still got like the energy to think and the second game I play and now there we need to see a picture as well is Gris. If you remember that. Yeah. G-R-I-S. And that is just a really, really beautiful game. Uh, it was free, I think, on the Epic Store as well. Yeah, it's got a really nice trailer too. Um, yeah, I just watched the trailer. I mean, the art is just amazing. Um, the only downside that it's really light on gameplay. Okay. So it's kind of a platformer, but there's not much you can do. I think that's like one of the first levels. I, I can't fly yet. I've played like half an hour just like being able to fly. Now you could see the, mm. like, that was the ability I got like after an hour of gameplay. Yeah, that's, that is stuff that will come like later on, I think. In the beginning, it's a lot of just walking to the right. It's just walking and looking at the nice backgrounds. And it's really got great camera work as well. Like if something bigger and newer is, gets into your field of view, it zooms back so you can see the whole thing. And then like depending on what you need, it's, it zooms in and out again. It's, it's really great. Like the animation is perfect. And it's a great game to play like <laughs> late at night if you're like completely out of it. You can't think straight anymore. 
So you just basically walk to the right and watch some cool backgrounds. And at some point, yeah, I guess you get additional um, abilities. So I've got like my first now after an hour, which I think is a bit late. So if you're really looking for gameplay, like a cool platformer, that's the wrong game. But if you're looking for a chill, beautiful, really beautiful platformer, then this is this is a really great game. It's incredibly beautiful. I think it's a really good game to get people into games. Because it's really slow with the abilities and stuff. Like at first you can just jump. And it's really easy to manage. It's, there are a couple of like, as you see in the trees in the beginning, where you get to time the jumps right. Mm -hmm. So it's a really gentle um, difficulty spike. And then afterwards, you get the ability to get to become like a square that's really heavy. And there are a couple of um, puzzly sections where you have to destroy stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's like one of of the best introductions for people to games, especially I think uh, girls, <laughs> because yeah, it's beautiful. You've got a female main character. Um, yeah, it's really trippy. <laughs> So yeah, amazing game, but yeah, so yeah, I played like, I think the first half hour when I got it, like I don't know, a year ago, but then stopped and I think I saw uh, here Wiebke Hexenberg, mm -hmm. uh, she, she also played like half an hour or something and stopped then, uh, because if you're like a hardcore gamer like, like me, <laughs> Then you feel like, ah, oh, it's kind of boring, there's nothing, there's not a lot to do, you're just walking there. Just watching the trailer now, I, I just realized, like, how much more is to come there. <laughs> like, additional abilities and stuff. But at that point, I, I thought, like, is this, like, a walking simulator platformer where I'm just walking? I mean, it's beautiful, but it's not really, um, it's not a, a challenge. But I guess it doesn't have to be. It's now I've really fallen in love with it. It's really beautiful. I I think I will continue playing with it. Mm. Have you played anything? Nope. Have you haven't played anything? No. Nope. Just entourage. Just entourage. <laughs> <laughs> right. mm. have, I, have I watched anything else? I, I think I've watched something. Did you? Yeah. Paddington, Wish Dragon. There was something else I put down. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Have you seen the 
toys? Oh, no. Not yet. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> I think I gotta put that on my list or I'll forget it. I think there's a cat here. Was your sister here? Yep. Bow. <laughs> um, Bow. Uh, toys, uh, toy. toys, right? Toys, yeah. okay. Toys. Toys. Oh. On the list. Um, hmm. What else would I be watching? I don't know. But have you seen the uh, video I posted on the Discord about languishing? That's something I'm familiar I... with the concept, though. Yeah, you are. Hmm. I uh, I think you confuse it with longing at first. Mm -hmm. Languishing. Can you tell me what what, what the translation of languishing is? Languishing is in German. Dahinsichen. <laughs> Dahinsichen. Ah, yeah, that, that's that's good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's the correct. But it fits <laughs> what this video is about. And it makes an interesting point about, um, yeah, it says like it's the it's it's the blah it's the name of the blah you're feeling, and um, yeah, it it really fits I think what I've experienced now after the wizard isn't like really the main I guess it's still my focus but I'm not really um, that. Um, I don't spend that much time right now no. working on it. I like more like about my life and like self care and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel this. It's not depression, but I like the. I'm not striving either. Like I mean, today I am, but like the days before, I like I get out of bed and I kind of need to force myself to and do my yoga thing and meditate and stuff mm. and i kind of want to be like get out of bed and be like happy mm. that, am I, maybe it's too much to ask like <laughs> i feel like i'm thankful for the day and not like i'm kind of need to fight my way out of bed mm. uh, i usually i just like get out of bed and then i sit on my couch and <laughs> scroll through reddit and then before I get like the energy to actually do anything, yeah, and I think that's the languishing thing. And mm. she uh, recommended um, flow. So the more you are in a flow state regularly, the the less uh, this is a problem. So I thought for a while that this uh, like always wanting to be like productive and i guess it's that is like a problem that's just forced upon us from a capitalist system mm -hmm. yada yada but i never quite had the feeling that this is completely true i mean obviously that's what the capitalist system does but i also think that there's something in us that wants to to be productive that wants to create to do stuff and 
Yeah, I've increased like my work hours on the wizard and last couple of days. And I think it helps. I think just having like a, a goal in front of you, you can work to and regularly working on it. And I mean, it doesn't have to be like work. It can, she says, can be like reading or painting. It's that you have to get lost in something that you feel like you are. I think, I think, I think I need to feel like I'm progressing at something. If I don't, if I'm not like progressing, I feel like I'm stagnating. If you're just watching movies, um, I need to watch new movies to progress through the movies. I can't just rewatch stuff. That that sounds too depressing for me. <laughs> yeah. What's what's your thought on that? Well. I don't think that. No, the the thing that bothers me about, you know, this whole setting goals and getting into the workflow type that, thing. That's something else, but yeah, continue. I don't think that's the same thing. How? I think that it maybe it said. intersects. No, that, that I'm talking about what you just said. And that's what you just said. No, you? no, I did not. You did talk about setting goals and increasing hours and stuff. No, I get... said that I have that I enjoy having like something to work towards a goal, yeah? Mm-hmm. But it's not like setting goals. Oh, how is it different? Well, if you're like, every morning you get up and you set goals for the day, that is setting goals. Mm-hmm. While just having like... Like just having finishing, goals. <laughs> finishing the wizard <laughs> as a goal that you're working towards. It's something different. You do see the difference in that, right? Yeah, but that has always been your goal, so... Yeah, but I didn't really have... Like, in the last weeks, I didn't really see it as a goal that much, to be honest. I wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, on my mind as something. I'm, I was more concentrated on just, like, living... Yeah, and that's a good thing. And I think that well, setting it, yourself a goal to not do that is not as good. Well, it was good for a while... But then I've I, I did feel like stagnating. And yeah, I've, but that's because of the system we live in that doesn't let you. What what's bad I about stagnating? I don't, I don't think that's true. What's bad about stagnating? Why is it a bad thing? I it doesn't feel good. Why doesn't it feel good? I don't know. I like doing stuff. Do you like it? Stuff. Yeah. Or have you been taught to like it? No, I think I I honestly like it. And see, that's what I don't think. I think, of course, it's fun to finish things, but if you have the need to do it, and you can't, because I think don't the, have the, part, the need to do it, right? Well, a little bit. Um, if you feel bad about not doing it, and you feel like there's something wrong about just being, right. then obviously, exactly. That that's what I got rid of. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case that I have right now. I'm not feeling bad anymore. About not working a day or something like that. Mm-hmm. I managed to, to, you know, get rid of this dreaded feeling that really didn't. It didn't help me be productive at all. It just like hindered me and like uh, increased my procrastination 
but now that I'm free of that, I'm still, um, I, I, I'm looking for something to put my time and like my concentration into. Uh-huh. It's something I wanted. It doesn't have to be work, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just something I enjoy. I enjoy working on the wizard. So that's why I increased that. But I mean, back in the day, I would like build magic decks, for example. Or like the last days, I just built um, playlists, for example. And it's just like going in, in the flow, like listening to music, putting that in playlist, losing track of time. And that was a really empowering and, and enjoyable time for me. And that gave me energy and helped me like see or like feel productive or it's not it's not about product. i think that's the wrong word it's just um yeah just a purpose maybe it gave me kind of a purpose i, I knew i had like this goal of this playlist i want to finish mm-hmm. so i worked on that and it was effort i put time into it um but i'm really happy about about it now and i had a lot of fun then and i definitely lost time the track of time a couple of times and yeah it made me get up this morning in anticipation like ah great i can work some more on the playlists and then i have to like do some other stuff and then everything got a kind of tight to get here in time because again i lost a little bit track of time working on the playlist and i think that is something inherent that's not the system i think it can be both because um, it can be yeah i mean i've also been working a lot on like an editor for a text adventure engine that i did a while ago Mm. uh, that runs in like actual original dos um probably other things because it's written in c so I'm working on an editor, and I don't, for the last week I've been working on it every day. That's also why I haven't played much, because I was working. And, of course, it's something that I want to do, that I've been wanting to do. Um, so that part is there, but also why I'm much happier in a way, or like less stressed doing that, instead of just lying around and watching TV like I also love to do. Mm is because of the internalized thing of that I, that I'm only valid when I'm productive. And so, yes, I'm doing something that I actually want to do, but I also want to do it because I have to, but I also make the best compromise. And in the end, all that matters is that... You don't have to do that, right? Nobody is actually giving you credit. It's not a no. productive thing that anyone... No, I mean, I mean I, I in the end, it's that. all about convincing myself that I can yeah. like myself. Yeah. And I can do most. I can do that most. Or I can do it more calmly, I suppose, when I do it in the way that I was trained to focus on the productivity. Mm. That I feel less like I had an awesome, that I'm less proud of myself when I just took a day to just relax. Mm. Even though I did something good for myself, I don't see it that way. I'm only proud of myself if I did something according to the system, hmm. even if I wanted to do it. Hmm. Yeah, see, I think there, there is like, it, it can be both. And I think in most cases it is both. And 
I'm sure you've got like a very special um, arrangement um, because of your inner feeling about how you that you feel worth only if you do something and I'm I have that as well I don't think I have it as bad I think you have it worse <laughs> um, maybe maybe I have it worse but um, I think it, it still is like an inherent thing I think that if you like do something and you you finish it that your body is just uh, normally like putting all out like all the the good hormones like serotonin just like that this is like something that we are built to we are built to do stuff i mean we wouldn't we wouldn't have survived back in the day when just lying around was the best thing so i think that having something to like also like this inherent human propensity to be like creative to build stuff to try stuff i think is uh yeah it's built in and i think feeding that is a is a healthy part of living and I think, but what you just described is that it's built in because we were forced to build it in that's even in the anything if you just lie around you're gonna die that was basically your point right now right yeah but that's how it is like from the beginning of humans how it was you couldn't lie around you would just die then yeah, but that's not an enthusiastic consent to having to do things to survive. It's just what you were forced to do by nature. It doesn't matter who forces you, but the thing is you are forced. And now we are having more and more a system that takes over the force, although it's no longer necessary because we have all the resources and all the automation, all the tools to do this better. But we still want to force each other. Well, not each other. We're mostly being mm. forced to keep those rich people rich. And sure, we can find a way to like make the best compromise. But I don't know if I had never met the concept of work. I don't know if I would sit here and from my own will decide, actually, I want to force myself to sit down four hours a day to do one task that I kind of like. Mm. I mean, why wouldn't I just work whenever I feel like working? And then I, and it's not work because that's what I feel like doing. And other days, and why is taking care of yourself and resting, recovering, like feeding your brain with interesting new impulses, what, what basically what entertainment media is, at least the kind that we usually like to consume, something that tickles the brain in some way. Um, why is that then viewed as lost time where we didn't whatever, when it's really us taking good care of ourselves, but only the work that we do that produces value in the capitalistic sense hmm. is the thing where we say, now I get to be proud of myself today. That's certainly true. That you're conflating a couple of things now that aren't really what I'm talking about. Um, I think, like how I understand evolution and nature. Mm -hmm. um, like an animal that grows up, like you, we, you're built to feed yourself, to for, fight for yourself, like you. Sure. And humans are built for like increasing, like building stuff, like progressing 
that's just like that's why we are so uh, efficient or effect like so um, successful is because like nature uh, or like we inherited like evolution imbued us with these with this interest and will to um, to improve our surroundings to uh, explore our surroundings to create stuff and this is i think the natural way and i think we all have that and on top we've got the society who forces us into like jobs that aren't really that you know that force us into work that doesn't really fulfill these feelings and I mean, I'm at a point where I where I could like let go of all of that. Mm-hmm. I did, and and, st- and this feeling of like wanting to do something, I think that's that's not the what not the society's pressure. I feel anyway. I think I can distinguish society's pressure, which I I sure still feel, and my inner motivation to do stuff. I think that this is a very complicated thing to untangle, and I think that's particularly one where, well, one should assume that we have no idea why we want the things that we want, because it is a super complex thing where we're being influenced in very many ways. I don't know. I mean, don't you think that it just feels different if it comes from the outside or if it comes from the inside? But I think there's degrees to in which ways it does that, because, I mean, we are we are being programmed in a way, right? When we're born, we are we are we have a certain kind of operating system. Yeah, we we have like a, our base programming. That's yes. what you're talking about, right? And base programming, I think, to me, is just stay alive. And there's a couple of markers in which we determine how safe we are. One of them is community and family. And so you all know the the hierarchy of needs, like right? Mm-hmm. It's like safety, food, housing, and then creative output. That's a that's a more complex thing already. I'm just talking about a base programming because I think the base programming I doesn't that, include. I think that. that's the base mm. program. I think the base programming is survival. And if we, we had a system in which survival wasn't threatened at all, I think it would be very, very different expressions of how people can be. But because it is threatened, and because we are I don't think we have a an in in an inherent need to progress and to improve and stuff. I think we're just good problem solvers. And we see problems and we solve them. Hmm. That problem of shit, we keep dying out in the cold, so let's build a house so we don't type of a thing. And it just keeps going and going when we do this. I mean the progress just happens as a result of that. You notice, okay, this work that we're doing, it takes forever. How about we solve that problem, we automate it, type of a thing. Hmm. But it's more because we want to solve problems than Basically, the creativity, I think, is a side effect of that. And uh, and I do think that our motivation to, does en- to do anything comes back down to that basic need of survival, of I need to... And of course, we are being raised in a world where we don't have to, but we are being raised to earn our survival. 
And so we accept that as reality, just as we accept that if I drop this bottle, it's going to fall down. Hmm. That's just how it works. Hmm. Um, but this that's just how it works. It's not actual natural law. It's hmm. a social construct. And of course, if we're being basically brainwashed into this thinking, then we're going to have a whole range of expression of adhering to that system, completely unaware that, that this part... You know, I know that my own creativity comes from trying to gain that security mm. by communicating something about myself that I just feel like if people understood me, they would treat me better type of thing. Mm. I think that's where my art comes from, trying to explain myself in a way that I can't with words. And then, of course, trying to earn money so that I earn the right to eat and have shelter and things like that. Mm. And yeah, sure, when I then sit down and I feel good about myself or working through a difficult problem, it's because it's at least still a version of that. Even if I do it on my terms, on something that's so niche that there will never be money in it, I'm still kind of doing a shadow version of what, what I've been taught and being productive in that way, rather than being productively restful or something. Hmm. Because I think that's a thing we just have been taught out of But I, I, I do feel productively restful. I can feel that. It's not always the case. And I, you're certainly right about, about all that. Mm. You know, uh, It's more a question about like what's under this, this programming of society. Is it mm. what the survival part? What does it entail? I, like, does it entail? It's just food, everything we need. No, because I don't think that's the case. I think no, we do saying. we do need we do need, for example, uh, we have a need to connect yes. with other people. And I think your art isn't like wanting to be understood is not just like um, programming because you are afraid that you will be like ostracized and you you will die if nobody understands you. I think it's a it's a deeply inherent like pre pre programming like this this is like something you you're um made to want to to get basically understanding that's why it it feels feels good to be understood but i'm not i have that need for it because i didn't have it because my parents didn't understand me and because I never felt understood. That's yeah. why I'm probably also talking so much because yeah. I'm trying to be very precise about what I'm trying to know, say so that no one can find something to and all yeah. that stuff. And I think that, you know, if I had a loving family, it would maybe I would still want to do that, but I would probably have less of a need to prove mm -hmm. myself or like to communicate myself you in that way. You would already have it, right? You maybe have your parents, you can talk with them about, about everything, maybe. Yeah, already feel valid and complete and stuff. And yeah. maybe I would want to share that. But yeah. right now I'm not making much sharing out, but please understand me out, basically. Mm. <laughs> In a way. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. But I don't know. I wouldn't be so sure uh, like about how different things would... Like, what are your base needs and what are like you, your needs you've got now because your you know upbringing kind of fucked you up mm -hmm. you know i think it's it's hard to distinguish these two and i'm not sure if i'm completely right of course you know mm -hmm. uh it's just my feeling right now uh is that 
I I have this genuine need to do stuff that's uh, not the not the same kind of need I had like a couple of years ago when I felt like I need to to be productive because I my need back then was to create something that you know is financially viable mm -hmm. that was the the main concern i guess mm -hmm. while now i just want to express myself i guess i just yeah i just want to i just it just feels nice to make a playlist with a certain um, mood or to to fix a problem in the game or to, to add a feature like i want this game to do something specific or i want the, this game to not do something <laughs> horribly wrong <laughs> and doing that f fulfills me in a way i think is genuinely like the base healthy need that i'm fulfilling and not the, the programmed society wants you to be always productive because i'm i'm pretty aware that this what i'm doing right now isn't really bringing us more people <laughs> like i mean yeah <laughs> well what i was just thinking is it's basically I believe you that you think that, mm -hmm. but from over here, it looks sort of like um, in Sin City, when Nancy wants to get with Bruce Willis. I'm sure she wouldn't 100% believe that she's in love with him and that she has yeah, good reason. Really that condescending it. what you're saying, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to say. That's clearly a traumatized person. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're also a very traumatized person. Yeah. Uh, from yeah, all this yeah. violence that we experience, basically, uh, yeah, and that is therefore difficult to say that has nothing to do with that. I certainly cannot argue with that, right? <laughs> There's nothing I can say that that really, you know, can prove that this is not the case. Mm. But I would encourage you to think that maybe. You know, having your own trauma so central to your life mm -hmm. makes you look for these explanations more. You know, I don't think I've, I, I really don't think I've lived to the same trauma or the amount of trauma that you did. And I think you, you tend to project that on me because it kind of fits, but I don't think it's, it's really fitting in, in this case. But yeah, no. you have perpetual Stockholm syndrome, and this is part of that. I think that's why I'm trying to talk you out of that because I'm not against you working. I'm against you justifying old patterns by saying, "Oh, now, now I'm doing it in a healthier way." That you're putting yeah. yourself under the same kind of pressure, but because I mean that's kind of been your pattern. You're right? very yeah, you're very cautious about that, and I think you're not really, you know. I think, I think you're maybe overcautious to a point where you're not really understanding what I'm, what I mean there. But I think we're a little bit in a, in a deadlock here because <laughs> you don't believe me because 
it's my trauma talking. I don't believe you because it's your trauma talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Maybe we can come together in um, that this is a really interesting thing to think about mm. in any case. And um, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, um, sorry, Friedrich, let's not overthrow nature. I think we're already doing that and it's not turning out to be great. <laughs> so, do we have anything else or is this pretty much us? Because I'm running dry. I still think I've watched some movie. Oh, yes, of course. Oh. Wait. Uh, I, I started... It's not nothing big, so... <laughs> uh, I started watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventures again. Mm -hmm. It's an anime series. And, like, coming from these 80s animes, this is a really good... Um, bridge... I guess I think I I get this now more, um, <laughs> although you know it's partly just getting used to the problems I guess, and I don't know, partly finding them amusing <laughs> maybe even. Uh, I I really love like how colorful it is and um, what? Oh, okay, and some. Yeah, things out that she didn't know about. Nice. And, um, right, so I'm now at a point, like this is the second generation Jojo. Mm -hmm. So like the, the old Jojo died and his son, <laughs> who, who was um, saved by his mom, um, is now old and grown and like the old... I guess like enemies reawaken. <laughs> um, like these are like stone men who now, the pillar men who now come out of stone and they want to fight the sun or something. And you can like like with the eighties, I mean, like all the all the really strong people have the exact same build. Like, Jojo has the same build as his buddy he gets together with. They're all, like, super buff, like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. That's that's basically the buddies they have. And I love that it's really flamboyant, although it's not, like, you know, positively. It's got some homophobia, like, underneath, and it's... Oh, it's so sexist again, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, Fist of the North, uh, exactly. I, I watched that, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the movie I watched. Um, uh, it's, that's way weird. Like, <laughs> But JoJo's got the very same energy. It's, it's, it's got, it's pure, I guess. It's more, it's, it's a more potent version of that. Um, they are like always like, they're fighting a lot and they all have like their special powers. Like at this point, I know at some point they, they can summon like ghosts or something, but uh, now they just have like Hamon, which is kind of like key. 
they can put it into stuff to make it hard or to uh, hit people ultra hard and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, what I'm <laughs> highlight is Jojo meets uh, a guy he ha- he sh- he's supposed to collaborate with. I think is called Caesar. Yeah, Caesar uh, in Rome, of course. And they don't like each other at first because Caesar is, is like this huge uh, Casanova. <laughs> and, and Caesar mocks Jojo and says to him, even like somehow he, he somewhere he gets a woman and he kisses her just like out of the blue. And she's like, oh, what's happening to me? And then he says, like, even this woman could fight you and can, can like uh, defeat you, Jojo. And Jojo said, oh, even this pigeon could defeat you. So Caesar loads the woman up with Hamon and makes her fight Jojo. Like she can't control her body. Like he does that. And mm-hmm. he's like choking him. And he's like, you know, kind of losing. And he's lying on the floor. And uh, Caesar goes to this woman and kisses her again and then has a, a pigeon in his mouth. Because what Jojo did, he put a pigeon in the mouth of the woman because he knew he would kiss her again as some sort of revenge. And I'm thinking, like, this is the only woman I've seen in this episode (laughs) thus far. And you are honestly using her as a prop for a fight between these two buff dudes about who's, like, the more macho guy. Mm -hmm. And I... I, you know, coming from Fist of the North, this is kind of, you know, it's not, it's obviously incredibly offending, but it's kind of humorous as well in its weirdness that it's so unaware of what it's doing. Um, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I guess, what I have to say about general. I think I'm going to continue watching it. It's still got like a roundabout as an outro, which is just awesome song and um, I kind of enjoy this honest machismo fantasy weirdness they've got going there especially like with a really flamboyant thing that they're really not afraid of like colors and stuff and it's not dark and gritty it's the opposite (laughs) Um, yeah watch that so Fritti says you watched a single episode of Jojo and it was both the best and the worst parts of Battle Mangas distilled. Yeah, that that's what it is. And the, like if you watch it on um, on Netflix, you're gonna start with the uh, I think it's like 30s or something or like 1700, 1800s something, 1900s maybe, like early early stuff mm-hmm. and it's got a kind of cool story with a lot of weird fighting and like you know buff dudes <laughs> but it's it's got kind of a good compelling story and it's surprising that it, that it has that i think uh, but the characters are all really simple um yeah i don't know coming coming from these 80s trash violence sex movies um and found a new appreciation of jojo's bizarre adventures <laughs> i guess yeah. 
And I think that's it. That's it. Okay. Then I guess we'll call it a day here. Thanks for watching. Yeah. And I guess that's one more time just us. Like and subscribe. Well, right, I guess I'm gonna do the join our Discord, right, right. Do the thing do for the all thing. the for all the people who aren't in it yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um <laughs> Yeah. I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Hmm. Well then, thank you very much. Have a nice evening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye.